Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast, the last Sports Block Podcast before Memorial Day, and my good friend Travis Krins joins me here as he always does. Krins, how are we doing? I'm doing good. Good, good. Um, yeah, we have a lot to get to here, and, and, and it's going to be in no particular order. Uh, NBA playoffs are all well. We're, we've almost reached the NBA Finals. Golden State is just about to sweep Portland here, hopefully. And put us out of our misery there. But uh, let's start with Minnesota Twins. Because you can't spell Twins without win. And they are doing a lot of it here lately. I told you this right before we got on. I have watched more Twins baseball than I thought I would this, this year. Even though I picked them to win the division, but damn it, Krins, they are a fun team to watch. They have the, you know, they're tied for the league lead in home runs, or at least they were through Sunday. Uh, they they score runs in bunches. They took three of four from Seattle. The starting pitching is good. This is a very good ball club. Have they exceeded your expectations to this point? Yes. All right. Good. Yeah. We both picked them to win the division, but like we've never seen anything like this. No. With the home run and the double. I mean, Buxton's figured it out. And just one through nine. Most nights, one through nine. Yeah. Whatever they put there is, is they can hit home runs. And a lot of guys hit twenty home runs this year. Yep. And Snow just got back. He hit one. Hopefully, he can uh, cut down on strikeouts a little bit. Nelson Cruz is probably going to be out a week or so with the wrist. And Garver, again, the Garver injury might be out a little bit longer. He was hitting the hell out of the ball. So, they've, yeah, they brought in guys to hit home runs. Those guys have hit home runs. And guys like Buxton is having his best year in the pitching. Uh, they signed Martin Perez, and I'm like, this is a waste of time and money. This is this is not worth my time. Mm-hmm. He's turned in to be, be very good. And the pitching coach, Russ Anderson, comes from college. And I give him the majority of credit for for Perez and Oda Rizzi. He somehow found three to four miles an hour on their fastball for whatever he's done. So, and then Brios and Oda Rizzi and Perez. We'll see how much longer those last two can keep that up, but. They said, you know, they said, you know, Twins, if they want to have a, you know, 2-1 game, they can do that. If they want to have a 8-7 to game, they can also do that. So, yes, yes, they can. I mean, that, that Seattle series got a bit ridiculous. Um, it's kind of like the Baltimore series on uh, with Mother's Day or Easter weekend. Yep. And 18-4, they're on Saturday, and it, it's just a, a case where you, you watch them, you don't think they're ever going to lose. And you watch him, you think every guy's gonna get a home run or a double or CJ Crone is just un is unbelievable. He's he's done well. Tampa Bay just flat out released him. And uh Twins picked him up and he's uh, he's got a lineup tonight, but he's been on fire recently, so you know, you're getting that production from Mauer's spot. Mauer is for the average and there was no power there. So CJ Crone's not gonna have the average for the on base of Mauer. We're just going to produce, you know, probably twice as many runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Mauer will, because Crone might hit 30 home runs this year. So, all of the Crone, uh, 
school tour was been terrible for a year or two. Had a really good year a few years ago, and Baltimore was good. Yep. He's, he's done well. So all of these people are doing well right now. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we'll see how long they can keep this up. But, yeah, right now, yeah, they're one of the, one of the best in, in baseball. And it, it feels like they aren't getting any respect or attention. I mean, if you look on... I don't. Well, I'm just saying... You know, I, I, I saw one guy in all the power rankings. Uh, MLB Network had one guy didn't have him in the top five. Another guy had him third. So, I mean, Houston's going to be one. Dodgers are going to be up there. Cubs are going to be up there. Red Sox, Yankees are going to be up there. So, I mean, they're, they're fun to watch, and they're a lot different. Twins are a lot different than when they were good, you know, the past decade or a decade ago. This is a whole completely different team, obviously. Oh, and you're absolutely right about that. But I guess what I'm saying is that I'm not seeing any of these stories like, wow, did we ever see this coming from the Twins? Like, look what they're doing. This is, I think Dave Schoenfield had uh, had an article a couple weeks ago about the Twins and what they were doing. But, I mean, that's, that's, re- that's really been it. There hasn't been a whole lot of additional attention on, like, if you... If you listen to like Golik and Wingo, you know, does Buster only talk about the twins a lot? Not really. Tim Kirkjian, no. It just uh, who who's the new guy that they have on uh, ESPN for baseball coverage? Uh, name escapes me I, I right now, but I mean, it, it's just like they're focused in on all oh, the Yankees, what they're doing, and this is fantastic. And oh man, the national struggles, the Cubs, Brewers, Christian Yelich, this and that. Yeah, look at this. Oh, the Houston Astros, they're rolling right now. It's like uh, it, we kind of expected all of this. Maybe not the national struggling as bad as they have been, or you know Bryce Harper with the Phillies and whatnot. But what the Twins are doing is historic. They've already had five games with four home runs. They are th- that is the first time in Major League history that a team has had five four home run games or more uh, before June ever. Like so, what the Twins are doing right now is just not significant from what they had done in previous years, which was nothing zilch. Not I mean, last year we barely talked about them uh, during the podcast because they weren't interesting. There was nothing going on with them. They they had no chance of making the playoffs. This year it's completely different and they're doing things at a historic clip. I'm just a little I'm a little surprised that there hasn't been a little more attention devoted to them given where they were at last year. Yeah. I mean, you know, all-star break if they're still doing this. I think a lot of guys on the all-star team might I'll pay attention. No, but Houston's the best team by a good margin, I would say. Uh, the East has probably got three good teams. Yep. But it's definitely not very good. Um, I, I mean, first for me, I don't. They can talk about them. They don't. They don't have. I don't. I don't. I don't care. I don't pay much attention to what they talk about the Twins. I'm just happy to watch them. They're fun to watch. You watch them every night, and they haven't lost a. They've lost a few series, but they haven't lost, I guess, a road trip or a homestand yet. And they won three, and they just win one of these next three games against the Angels, and they'll win this other road trip. So they're fun to watch. They've got Chicago coming up. They're terrible. And they got Milwaukee next week, so that should be fun. But, again, we talked a couple of weeks ago. This month was not a difficult month. A lot of games against Detroit and Seattle and Chicago and those type of teams, so... Well, I mean, you can look at this whole entire 
year, like the schedule for the Twins, and it shapes up really, really well for them because the AL in general is terrible. I think, what, there are five teams that have above 500 records at this point, or maybe six. I mean, it's it's not a lot. Um, I mean, and, and you just take a look, at it, and it's awesome to see that injuries to Garver and Cruz haven't impacted the lineup at all. I mean, those, you know, the way Garver's been hitting, it's been unbelievable. Nelson Cruz has certainly provided a good bat here to the lineup, but what they're, they could just throw in anybody else at catcher. I mean, they have the best hitting catchers in baseball, bar none. And it's, it's just sensational what they do. Yeah, you think everyone's going to hit a home run. Buxton hit two home runs in the Seattle Red series, flag. including a grand slam. Um, but, I mean, yeah, you, you take a look here. And, you know, and even a trip to Cleveland doesn't scare me a whole lot. But, you know, this in, in June, let's just take a look at June. You have uh, a, a start out June, two games against Tampa Bay two at the back end of May. So it's four-game series in Tampa Bay. That's a huge series. Then at Cleveland. So that's a that's a pivotal first seven games. Mm-hmm. But then you're at Detroit. That should be... It, it take at least two of three. So home to Seattle, take at least two of three. Home to Kansas City, sweep them. Home to Boston, that would be it. You know, take two of three from Boston. I think that's doable. At Kansas City, take two of three. Home to Tampa Bay for three, take two of three. At Chicago, at Oakland, home to Texas, that's through the 4th of July. Like, there, apart from that seven-game stretch at the end of May and beginning of June at Tampa Bay and at Cleveland, nothing in that schedule scares you for the first half. The Twins should just continue to feast on this like we thought they could last year, but they struggled with the Royals, the White Sox, and the Tigers. They aren't going to do that this year, and I think it just... You look through that the rest of that first half of the season through the All Star break. There's no reason why they shouldn't win all or you know split in just about all of these series. Like if they go 500 the rest of the way, they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah. And we look at 30 and 16 or 14 games over. Yep. Yeah. See, I mean, if they go 500, they probably win the division right now. From Cleveland again, can't score runs. But they can they can when they're playing Baltimore. But who who can score yeah. runs when they're playing when you're playing Baltimore? <laughs> you know Baltimore is bad. The way Seattle's playing right now, I don't know if I've it's been. I can't come up with some 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 team that played that poorly. Seattle just played so poorly. Uh, their pitching was horrendous. I think, their defense yeah, can, specifically the defense. I can think of a team. I can I can think of a team. It was just this weekend. The New York Mets got swept by the Marlins. Yeah, that's they that's they bad. hit three hits in two games. Total. That's, that's awful. They, they were like the, the opposite of Seattle, in which Seattle could score some runs. They couldn't pitch for shit. And the Mets just can't score at all. Well, and no, neither can the Marlins. Like, the Marlins have a historically bad offense, and yet they were able to score yeah. seven runs off Jacob deGrom Friday night. I mean, that's... like. It's it, it was, I, some stat out there. The Marlins, with how awful they are, they like got you know the ground for the seven runs, and they got like Scherzer early on in the season for like seven runs. Like the ground and Scherzer, they beat the shit out of those guys, but they can't hit anybody else. Like probably ten percent of their runs have come in those two games. Probably more than that. <laughs> probably twenty percent of their runs have come in those two games. Yeah, it's, that's bad. Yeah, it is. It is. So 
Uh, what the Twins are doing is great. Uh, but the issues, I think, for this team, you know, Kyle Gibson, I think, you know, he's a good starter, but he has, he does have some issues. Uh, Barrios has not won a game in his last two starts. He couldn't get out of the fifth inning, what, Saturday night against the Mariners. Gave up four runs in the fifth there and had to be pulled after he had, like, 105 pitches or whatnot. But maybe some of that, you know, what uh, manager Rocco Baldelli said was the long gap in between innings. Do do you think that played a factor in it? Yeah, I mean, he was on the bench there for, like, 20 minutes. Like, it was, was, like, Kepler and Polanco, wherever the leadoff guys were, it was the fourth inning, and they'd already been up four times. I never remember anybody betting four times in the first four innings. But that's what happened in that game. No significant... Trevor May is the only significant piece that pitched out of the bullpen in that entire series. Taylor Rogers didn't pitch. Blake Parker didn't pitch. So all, all the bullpen guys got arrested for that entire series. Mm-hmm. That's good. Michael Pineda did well. He's been iffy. <laughs> yes, he has. They gave him a they gave him a ton of runs. He finally won seven innings with a you know, 10-0 lead. That helps the whole hell of a lot. So, yeah, him and uh, Gibson would be the two guys that you look at. Like, well, I got to do something. Top three guys have been amazing. Odorizzi's been amazing. Yep. So, so you feel good about that. Then we talked about Keiko and all that a few weeks ago. Yep. Like, uh, you know, and uh, Bumgarner. The guy I'm watching right now on my TV, guy for... Uh, Kansas City. Lefty starter, his name's Mike Miner. Uh, I think he was with Kansas City last year, did well, and he's done really well for Texas. And Texas are not competitive right now, so I would say Mike Miner, if he continues what he's done thus far through the first 45 games, I'd say he'll be a very thought-after dude. Guy in his early 30s is probably having his best year, so... So you just keep an eye on these on these bullpen guys because that's where you know a starting pitcher or a bullpen guy those would be areas that, that you look at. Well, yeah, because you know Hildenberger is doing awful right now, and they just release and they assign you know sent a read for a, a designated him for assignment. So I mean, those are two guys in the bullpen that are a little dicey. So if if anything, obviously, I don't think you need to add another bat. It would be strictly oh, no. It's strictly at this point for the Twins, bullpen, bullpen, or starting pitching. That's that's what they really have to focus on. That that's going to be the downfall of this team. And yes, they aren't going to continue to hit at the clip that they're at right now. But this is an offense that won't drop off the cliff at all any time this season. Will they have a few games where they score two or three runs? Sure. But I think this is going to be a, a lineup that can consistently get four, five, six runs a game minimum. And so I don't think they're going to have to add another bat. It's going to be with a, it's got to be a, an arm in that pitching staff. And I'm I'm looking more specifically at the bullpen. But I would also take Dallas Keuchel as well. We we like you said we discussed this a couple weeks ago, and I really want him. And this is you know just like trying look at guys who you know just like minor. He would be a guy. Mm-hmm. Guy, uh, Noah Syndergaard, and the Mets just want to completely blow this up here. Noah Syndergaard, is he somebody that will be available? So, uh, you look at Washington. Does Washington want to trade some folks? They've had a very disappointing year. Yep. So, they've got one really big piece if they want to do that, but uh, they've got a couple other deep starters. Who would that too. be? Steven Strasburg or Max Scherzer? Uh, <laughs> Max Scherzer. Yeah, Max Scherzer would be a big uh, I'd be like a Verlander type guy to where you get in and you get a good chance to win the World Series. So, 
be a lot to, a lot to get him, and they've given no indication they want to kill some, kill some pieces right now. But, yeah, you look at Seattle, really nothing there. Oakland, Toronto, like Toronto, Marcus Stroman. I like Marcus Stroman. They're mm-hmm. still young. They want to get rid of him. I, I, I like him a lot, but I doubt they want to get rid of him. Baltimore obviously doesn't have anybody. They got a uh, Michael Gibbons, closer guy. He, he'd be a guy that Baltimore could trade. But, uh, but if you look at the American League, I think, you know, the five teams that get in are the five teams we've talked about mm-hmm. with Cleveland. I like Cleveland is the only other team that you even give a chance to. They're above 500, they're fine. But, like, three East teams, Twins and Astros, and it's Cleveland and everybody else. Do we really trust that Boston is fully back, though? Because I, I have to admit, I don't... Yes, they're playing really good right now. Chris Sale seems to have found himself, but... I'm not fully in that, uh, oh yeah, let's believe in Boston yet, but I, I, I mean, maybe a couple I'm more getting, weeks I'm and getting, I, I think they will. But I'm getting pretty close. I mean, Chris Sale, yeah, he was terrible, and now he's finally picked it up. The velocity is up, and Chris Sale's back to being Chris Sale. Like he had maybe the best team he's ever pitched there, what, last week? Mm-hmm. He had seven, 17 strikeouts. So, I mean, that's you can probably count on your on one hand the amount of guys that have had 17 strikeouts and seven innings and start. So, it's very impressive. So, yeah, they got him going again. Uh, the pitching bullpen got to get better. They got a bunch of hitters, so that's fine. But um, Houston, I think they're they're like 105-win team. I think Houston is exceptional. And they mm-hmm. lost some dudes last year and didn't really go out to replace them because they just got a bunch of guys uh-huh. They lost Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton with Tampa is doing fine. They lost Keuchel. Marlon Gonzalez? Play. Yeah, they, they lose guys. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Evan Gaddis, DH guy. Still is not sign. It's like, they just lose guys, and it doesn't matter. So, uh, George Springer is having a great year for Houston. Bregman's having a very good year. So, yeah, I think Houston, not the Golden State Warriors, but they're I think they're a pretty solid favorite here start of June. Only three teams currently with 30 wins in Major League Baseball. Twins are one, Astros are another, and the Dodgers. Um, so More Dodgers. Yep, yep, my Dodgers. So, uh, now, this is a... I'm just looking at the standings here. Is, is this a weird year for baseball because every team is kind of average? Like, you have some bad teams... The Miami Marlins, they're in a class of their own. Baltimore and Kansas City are both terrible. Uh, Washington's been very disappointing. But then you take a look at oh, pretty much every... And, and, and Toronto's not good either. But you take a look at all... like You know, look at the AL West. Oakland's 23-25. and 25. LA, the Angels are 22-24. and 24. Texas is 21-23. and 23. Seattle's 23-26. and 26. Like, they're, they're all kind of hovering around that 500 mark. Kind of yeah. same thing in the... In the in the NL Central, I mean the 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 Reds are twenty one and twenty six. That's not terrible, not great, but and they're last of that. But St. Louis twenty four and twenty three, Pittsburgh twenty four and twenty. Uh, the the West, you know, San Francisco and Colorado are both tied for last at twenty and twenty five. San Diego hovering a game under five hundred. Like it just seems like Major League Baseball this year is just full of average teams. Is that fair to say? Because I don't recall that. You know, we've seen more competitive teams in years past. It seems like there's just a lot of average 
play, uh, average teams, a lot of average play so far this year? I might give it another month or two. See if you know teams are going losing streaks and winning streaks, and it'll sift itself out. Like with the West, both Western divisions are done. Yes. Um, well, last year that wasn't the case. Oakland was good. They were a big surprise. Arizona and Colorado were both good. So I would say there's maybe yeah more divisions out there that last year they were very competitive. Where this year they're not. Mm-hmm. Both Western divisions, those are done. The Central, uh, I mean, the Central and the East, those are the, I mean, Cubs, Brewers, um, Pirates had a great start, and they were terrible for a couple of weeks. Now they've won 7 of 10. Cardinals, they've lost 7 of 10, so I, I would say just you know, there's probably fewer races there, you know. Mm-hmm. Central is a race. East is very good. So, um, but one I mean, wild card, once you get, you know, in the end of July, so I'll the wild card. That could be exciting to see where those average teams. Like, is this going to be a year where uh, not in the so much the American League, but maybe the National League is eighty-five wins going to be enough to get that second wild card? Yeah. Or, or are you going to have to win ninety? You know, so maybe you know, we'll take a look at that. But yeah, it's that's fair to say. Like, there's not many terrible teams. Like Miami's bad. Yep. You know, Kansas City's bad. You know, Baltimore's awful. But other than that, you know, especially the National League. National League, there's not too many terrible or awful teams. Miami Marlins have scored 118 runs this year. The next closest, the, the next lowest team has still scored 28 more runs than them. That would be the Detroit Tigers at 146. Um, and they're not good. And then you have to take a significant jump to 169. That would be Pittsburgh, who's four games above 500. I mean, you take a look at the run differential for some of these teams, and it's amazing. Like, Kansas City has... A, they're 15 games under 500, yet they have a negative 36 run differential. Like, that's not terrible, given what they're record is. Compare that to Detroit. Yeah, and that's a, a minus eighty nine, and Detroit's two games or two and a half games, three and a half games ahead of them. Uh, Seattle, three games under five hundred, minus thirty four run differential. Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh is four games above five hundred, minus thirty nine run differential. It's just, it's amazing to see. You can't take, you can't take this in a vacuum or you know. Take the stat with a grain of salt, but it's just very interesting to see how it all goes. I mean, Colorado's five games under 500, minus nine run differential. I mean, that's out of any of the teams with a negative run differential, they're the best, and they're in last place in the NL West. It's just, it's very funny to me how that all happens. Twins are second behind Houston, but that's good. Yes, yes. Anything else baseball related we need to get to? Huh? Anything else baseball related we need to get to? Tony Bellinger's having, you know, still having this unbelievable year. We're 45 games, and he's still at 400. So between him and Christian Yelich, those two are the best right now. Them and Trout. Yeah. Those three. And Vlad Guerrero. Oh, sorry, go. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, Guerrero Jr. won the player of the week. Uh, and mm-hmm. talked last week how he struggled. Ben mm-hmm. Boney, I uh, mean, four home runs last week. Yep. Yep. So. 
Good for him. Uh, NBA playoffs here. Uh, the Golden State Warriors have just about taken care of the Portland Trailblazers. They are playing as we speak, as we're recording this. Uh, for Golden State, Portland, this hasn't been like a, a terrible series, but Golden State faced double-digit deficits, double-digit halftime deficits in games one or games two and game three, and the big third quarters taking out the Trailblazers there. Um, this is pretty remarkable stuff that we're seeing from the Warriors, uh, but when you have a separated rib like Damian Lillard has, maybe it's... Uh, you know, you when you you're just not at full strength, and you're your team's best player, that sucks. But oh, then again, wait a second. The the best player on Golden State isn't even playing in this series so far. So this just shows just how much better Golden State is. And I must say, I if I'm Golden State, I do everything I can to keep Draymond Green. Kevin Durant's nice, and I have a huge problem with Draymond Green and his antics a lot of the time. I think he's kind of a dick, but. Damn, he's a good player. He gets rebounds. He's that high-energy guy. If I'm the Warriors, I do what I can to make sure I get Draymond Green re-signed. Him and Clay Thompson, again, they can win a title without Durant. Yes. They've done it before. Probably going to do it again. Yep. I think obviously you would want Durant. But I think the thing that, you know, are they better without Durant? Like, no, you want him. Yes. Yep. Yep. I mean, the thing is that they're fine without him, though. Mm-hmm. It's not that he doesn't make a difference. It's that they are good enough to win without him. And then maybe play uh, more ball movement, whatever you want to say. Well, so, you know, Steph Curry was struggling in the playoffs while Durant was yeah. playing. But I think part of that was the dislocated finger. I mean, he just wasn't shooting the ball well. And then Durant goes out with that strained calf, and all of a sudden, Steph Curry goes, okay, here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to drop 33 points in the second half to take out Houston in game six. And then I'm just going to drop you know threes left and right against Portland. It's, it's remarkable what he's doing, how he could step up his game. But I'll tell you, I'm telling you right now, the, the MVP of this series, in my mind, has been Draymond Green. He has been sensational. Yeah. You know, defensively, he's fantastic. Done good. Don't kick anybody in the nuts anymore. Do that. Right. Be fine. Kick him in the ding ding. Oh, ding ding. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I hope they sweep. I think they'll have nine days off. Yeah. Sweep the series. And shame Toronto had to win. Just get rid of Toronto. Well, okay. So for, Tor- for Toronto's sake, though, they should have won game one, arguably, in Milwaukee. Yes, it took them two overtimes to beat. Uh, Milwaukee in Toronto on Sunday, but Kyle Lowry did foul out, and uh, Siakam missed two free throws in the fourth quarter that probably would have ended the game if he makes even one of them. So I can't say like you you look at what Toronto did and beating and barely beating the Bucks in double overtime, and Giannis didn't have a, a a good game, but arguably Toronto could be up two games to one in this series. So I think they're still in it. But uh, more than likely, Milwaukee will take care of business in, I'll say, you know, six games. But uh, it's like Portland, I mean, Portland should have won a game here. Right? They should. They should have won two games as well. But and just, and just as easily, I mean, Milwaukee should be up three. Like you lose in double overtime, you got you know, toss up game twice, be up three nothing. 
I mean, it's not been good. These players have not been good. There's two dominant teams, and nobody's been competitive with those two teams. Like, usually happens in the NBA more than not. Mm-hmm. Like, it has happened. I can't remember the last time it didn't happen. Like, Cleveland ran for everybody pretty good. They struggled last year, but... Oh, get to the finals and we'll have to wait for that. Should be fine. You know what the big story going on, though, in the NBA is right now? Johnson, Johnson. It's that uh, Ryan Saunders, Flip Saunders, uh, the late Flip Saunders' son, no. is going to be the head coach of the Timberwolves again. Resigning with the. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 it, it is without a doubt. Um, it is without a doubt. Magic Johnson saying he was betrayed. He was stabbed in the back by uh, Rob Palinka. The the Lakers general manager, and that's why he fired. No, you know what, Magic? You just suck at your job. Like this, this to me, if if people are really believing Magic, you know what? They're suckers. He he should sell them everything that he has in all of his businesses because this is it. It's ridiculous. Um, you know what? I do buy the notion that he did tell Genie Bus. That you know what I do have a lot of other business ventures, uh, business stuff. So there might be times where I have to tend to them, but I can't. No, you can't use that as the excuse as to why you were terrible at your job. I don't believe that that was the reason. You know his other business ventures were why they signed Rajon Rondo and all these other vets that didn't. Fit with LeBron James in the off season, and Genie Bus doesn't look good in this. The Lakers organization, uh, we, we made fun of the Sacramento Kings and putting the the fun and dysfunctional. The Lakers are taking that right now. They're the New York Jets of the NBA right now. The New York well, Jets. Like you have to be there full time. This isn't a fucking bullshit job where you show up. It's not like you show up for the draft and say, "All right, boys, what are we doing?" It's not like you're the GM for the Magic or the Knicks. You're the you're the GM for the Lakers. It's a full time job, as far as I know. LeBron, whoever signed all these old dudes, Lance Stevenson, the guys you mentioned, it didn't work out. From what I know, he took a Gage Johnson took a five week trip to Europe. Yeah. Oh, did you Uh, see that tweet from Bill Simmons? Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, this is a full-time job. Like he, because we, we never saw him play, and by all means, everybody thinks he's a, he's not a top 10, a top five player of all time. Mm-hmm. And I'll give him that 6'9", dude, 6'10", he couldn't shoot for shit. But beforehand, there's no way that big that could dribble and pass, and by all means, he's, he's great. But once he's left the basketball, like he hasn't been good at anything. Like, he has all these businesses, but I'm sure he has hundreds of millions of dollars. But as far as, like, you know, being good at anything, how about, how about, he was a coach for a short time. How, TV, he's, he's awful on TV. Yep. They tried to, NBC tried to, like, when he retired in the early 90s, he couldn't come up with, like, the, the plural for foot. So he said, like, two foots, they're like, two feet, oh, yeah, two feet jump, you know, like, a two-foot Well, yeah, he, he was bad when he was on ESPN's coverage. He's bad at everything he does NBA, except play. Yeah, he's bad as a coach, he's bad in the front office, he's bad as a color analyst. 
Uh, the one th- good thing he does is his other business ventures. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just the way it is. And <laughs> I mean, it, it looks very bad on ownership. It honestly, how, why, if you're Anthony Davis, if you're Kawhi Leonard, if you're any of these big name free agents, why in the hell would you want to go to the Lakers in this off season? Sure. You could play with LeBron, but this team has, they're, they're a rudderless ship. Like they, they don't have any sense of direction right now. The Clippers have a much better sense of direction than the Lakers do right now. I mean, this is it's they're just a joke. They are an absolute joke. Like you can draw a line from that Christmas Day game in which they beat the shit out of Golden State by thirty points. Yep, and that was and the game like, that LeBron uh, pulled, like, you know, hurt his groin. Yeah, third best record. He hurt his pop. He heard pop, and he was off for the next month. And then things just went to shit after that. So they they were they were good. Things were good at first two months. They were really good. They were decent. They, I'm not going to say good. They were they so were they, decent or I average. Just look at where they were. I think they had like the third best record in the West. Meh. But then LeBron, like if LeBron is healthy, do they make the playoffs? I don't know. But it wouldn't matter anyway. So, so they missed the deal. He comes back. They don't play any better. At the end of the season, it was just bad. Like So if any positives were, at the beginning of this thing, they were pretty good. So whatever their, I think, whatever their record was their Christmas Day, they, they were pretty good. Then after that thing, fell off. So if LeBron can stay healthy, which he's been his entire career, except for last year, when, when does it stop? I mean, what, 34? Like, when does it stop? him. Two years? Like two years? Does he, does, he, does, he, does he play at all until his kid is around? Does he play five, six more years? If he's playing that long, is he still good enough to, to, to be a main guy? I'm sure he could play a long, long time and he could be very, very good for a long, yeah. long time. I don't remember. Right. I don't. In case I forget when we do our NBA season preview here in uh, five months, um, I'll just say it now. The the fact that the Lakers aren't in the playoffs, or that LeBron James isn't in the playoffs this year, is going to be beneficial to him because he will be fresher when the season begins. Yep. But I don't see how the Lakers... I Again, we, we need to see what goes on in free agency, but I don't know how I can look at what's going on right now in the Lakers organization and have any confidence that they are going to be able to put a competent team around. Like that, That's why I would say I would go to the Clippers if I were Kawhi Leonard uh, instead of going to the Lakers. And the West has is, is gotten significantly diff- or difficult because Zion Williamson is about to join the Pelicans. If Anthony Davis wants to stop being a big baby and play with Zion Williamson, that would be a lethal one-two combo there. You're going to have John Morant in Memphis. I mean, that's uh, we'll see if his game can transition appropriately to the next level. But well, I, and if, if they do that, they might trade Mike Connolly. Yeah. And we'll see where he ends up. And maybe he'll end up some spot worth the damn. So, yeah. Maybe the Timberwolves. Yeah. Do, could you see maybe, him running points? Very unlikely. They're very unlikely. Well, same. They, they could use a... A point guard or something. I mean, you never know. But, I mean, the West is really difficult. So I don't know if the Lakers can get enough good guys there, given all the dysfunction 
surrounding them right now and expect to make the playoffs. I really don't. I would say everybody's got to be healthy. Uh, everybody was hurt at the end of the year. Everybody's got to be healthy. If you think playing together matters, well, this is their second year playing together. So health and being together for a second year. And certain teams have to drop back. So, Right. Like, you know, a lot of people were thinking like maybe four, five, six seed at the beginning of the year. Some people said, oh, they're going to, you know, contend with Golden State. Some people said they're missing the playoffs. It ended up being that they didn't really get close to the playoffs. So, okay. I think they can make the playoffs next year, but are they going to be higher than like a five or a six? I mean, again, you got to win 50 games for that. <laughs> okay. It's so, again, pure speculation at this point because we don't know what happens in free agency, but who would take that step back? I mean... The, the one team I could see doing would be, uh, would be San Antonio, but the Kings are going to be really good. Uh, Dallas should take, make significant improvement with Kristaps Porzingis is healthy. Combine him with Luka Doncic. That's a very good one-two combo down there. Uh, New Orleans will be good with Zion and you know, whoever else they can add. I, I just don't know who the, the Lakers can jump necessarily. Uh, and... <laughs> I think that they can do do stuff with. I just it, it's going to be fascinating. I don't know what the Rockets are going to do because the Rockets might be in the mood to sh- you know shake things up a bit. Who the hell knows? That's the bottom line. No one freaking knows at this point. The West is just a juggernaut. It is a very difficult road to go through, and uh, we'll see what happens there. I did mention the New York Jets. Uh, they they fired their GM last week, Mike McGangan, McDaggett, who the hell, whatever the hell he is. He was not very good. But <laughs> to to preside over the team in free agency, and they spent a whole bunch of money on guys like Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley, to reside over the draft, you know, to watch over that, and then get fired three weeks later uh, because of a power struggle perhaps with Adam Gase, and now he's the interim GM. Like anyone who thought that the Jets were on the on the on the come on the up and up, that, that that's done now. They're they're toast. This is they are they are the Lakers of the and of the NFL. They're just dysfunctional as all hell right now. It appears so. When you're firing your GM after the draft, I mean, that doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. No, it does not. I mean. I mean, it could be the Giants and select uh, Mike Jones or whatever the hell he is. <laughs> Daniel Jones? Sure. Dave Jones. I don't know. Between the Giants and the Jets, they both kind of suck right now. And the Knicks, they're bad. The Rangers are bad. The Mets are cro- falling apart. Thank goodness for the yeah, Yankees. Thank goodness for the Yankees. New York can have something. Um... I'm hoping to get Marcus on here in a little bit to talk about the Stanley Cup final. Uh, the The Bruins are in there. Uh, the Blues are one win away. Uh, or, you know, we'll, we'll see what what happens here. Hopefully, um, we'll have that Stanley Cup final matchup when I when I speak with him. But did you see the uh, controversial goal that San Jose scored in Game Three in that series last week with a hand pass? I saw a tweet about something. I didn't care enough to follow up. Uh, well, but San Jose scored a goal. They should not have, I guess. Correct in overtime to win. Okay, and they and won the, game. the four I mean, officials missed 
the call and they could not review it. It's kind of like pass interference in the Saints Rams. A good question, Chris. Hit, hit a guy's hand or yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. So the puck gets bad in the air. He hits it down and he throws it. Essentially, it's like a hand pass. You can't do that uh, if it directly leads to a goal. And none of the four officials on the ice saw it. And San Jose. Well, you that obviously, as you described, it's very clear cut. Yeah. What you were seeing in a replay. Yep. Like, what is the purpose of that? Not especially a scoring play. How is a scoring play not reviewed? The the, the the specific aspect of the the hand pass is not reviewable. The puck getting into the net would be. But what doesn't make any sense to me is that offsides is reviewable. Should there have should there be a goal scored? San Jose was on the ben on the, was the beneficiary of that in the Colorado series in the semifinal round. So I don't understand why that's not NHL will resolve this. I just didn't know if you saw the replay, had any thoughts on this. Um, Marcus, I'm sure, will have some thoughts when he joins us. Some people don't like replay. The problem is that replay, it's all these stupid goddamn rules associated with it. What is a catch? What isn't a catch? This is reviewable. This isn't reviewable. We can plainly see a lot of things. Uh, umpires fucking get a strike zone that's normal for everybody. That yep. fucking random fuckers call balls and strikes that are wrong 15, 20% of the time, which is too high. Do you think it would be beneficial to have everything challengeable yes. and the coaches would each get up to, say, three or something that they could do throughout the game? Certain people don't like it because there's a certain element of the human error. And that's fine. We live live in a goddamn era in which we live in, in which this doesn't have to be a problem. I'm fine with with the human element, with the human error aspect of it, but blatant misses need to be resolved. This this incident in in St. Louis... This is an easy fix. Yes, yes. Like the the pass interference penalty in in the NFC Championship game. How the hell is that going to work? I, How in the hell is that going to work? I don't know. I think that's going to open up a can of worms. Yep. That Pandora's I'm box sure will be like open. Because people are going to be talking. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. They want good or bad. If it's shitty referees or shitty reviews or is this the catch. As long as people are talking about them, I'm sure they don't give a shit. Right. But that's one that, so that's kind of like holding. Like yeah. How you call that? Yep. So. It's, it's baffling. It's, it's weird to say the least. But um, well, what sport has the best replay? Tennis. The best. Tennis. That that is very good. Tennis is very good. Soccer would be right up there as well, I think, because they could kind of. Tennis is easiest and the quickest. Yes. Yep. And I don't know how many challenges the players get during a match. I believe it's maybe it's up to five. That seems a little high. Maybe it's only like two or three, but. I mean, yeah, it's very easy. I don't know how they have the technology to be able to do that with the tennis ball. There must be a chip or something in the ball. Um, they just have cameras. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot in baseball. Home runs, foul balls, things like this. But obviously everybody can't afford this equipment. So I don't know why they don't do that, say, baseball. Mm-hmm. They would have solved a lot of those problems. You know, is it a home run? Did the fan come over the fence? Do you not come over the fence? Football, I mean, pylon cam, like, why, is, why did that take forever to put a pylon cam, you'd see, like, in the Super Bowl? Right. Like, it should be on every game, 
and now I'm in the time where is. Especially when you make billions of dollars a year. It's doable. Especially when you make billions of dollars in revenue. Yes. Yes. When you have $4 billion coming in, you can buy any fucking country you want. Yep. So it doesn't make any sense why they don't put something like that in. I think college football's got the best because there's the guy in the booth that says this is wrong. He buzzes down says, stop game. I got to look at this. I don't. That's not difficult for me. Somebody for every sport should be in a booth watching the game or if they've got to be in some central location somewhere, so be it. They can watch the game, they can see it, they can buzz down and say, stop, something happened here. Yep. So like, especially with, with replay the way it is, even if it's the broadcast themselves, like, it may take some time, but get the call right. Amen. Amen. Uh, speaking of hockey, uh, big week, oh, yeah. a big week of uh, hockey uh, for the state of South Dakota, which I can't believe we're equating a, like hockey and South Dakota together. But uh, certainly they South. Last week, Bobby. Yep. Goddamn. Yep. Uh, Sioux Falls Stampede win the the Clark Cup from the USHL, and Aberdeen did something. I mean, Charlie was talking about the big week for for South Dakota hockey. So something you had mentioned Aberdeen last week, but is that what happened? They, they won their certain thing. Yeah. There was more than just the stampede winning the Clark cup, right? Yeah. The Aberdeen won whatever the hell there. I mean, that's quite a bit. I mean, stampede are legitimate, you know, they yes. had quite a few players go yep. on to NHL. They had TJ Oshie. Deeply productive. Like Aberdeen is quite a bit lower than that. Like yep. High school. College kids, whoever it is, so they won. Some team from Blaine, Minnesota, won. Uh, they they won their thing. And Sanford, I think they went eleven and one in the playoffs. Beat a team from Chicago. Looked like they played the talking game in somebody's garage. <laughs> um, it was very impressive. Kind of looked like I don't know. It, it was very impressive compared to where the Sanford play. I think Mark, you can ask Marcus about this with the hockey, but it, it appeared that. Uh, Stampede playing a facility that's probably a hundred times better than anybody else. Probably. The USHL or whatever. Else. Well, the Fargo Force play at the Shields Center, which is much smaller than than uh, the Denny Sanford Premier Center. That fits about I think four to five thousand people. Um, this looked like they. Yeah, this looked like any rec center, any you know, what's the place in Brooklyn that has some ice? It looked uh, the, like that. The Swift, no, the Larson Ice Arena. That looked like the Larson Ice Rink. Or okay. a team in Chicago or wherever they were. Well, so I'm wondering if they played in, oh, I don't know, like DePaul's building or something like that. Um, no, this, this was this was not that. This was, again, this was the Larson Ice Arena. Well, there's like, you can count to five rows of bleachers and things around a brick wall. And this looked like any hockey, this looked like any high school hockey game you've ever seen. And compare that to the Stampede, and then, you know, get four or 5,000 big nights. And Wiener Dog Night is like their big draw. They might get, you know, eight or 10,000 for that. So compare that to what the hell they're doing in, in Chicago. And nobody cares about, about junior league hockey in Chicago or anywhere else. But Sioux Falls, they care about all the sports all the time. Because they do. So. Yep. Nope, I, I agree. Uh, let's see here. Trying to figure out where their 
Another one for you look that up. Uh, baseball note. Uh, Joey Gallo. We mentioned the top guys. Joey Gallo would be one of those guys where he's really improved to being like a 200 hitter. To being on like a 280 hitter. Like a 400 on base. He's, gonna strike, still, he's still going to strike out 200 times. But uh, like Joey Gallo is an MVP top five type of guy right now. So he is, he's taking a dramatic step after two or three years of extreme rates on home runs and strikeouts. Uh, Shohei Otani, he's a couple of years, he's back, he's been great. So. Fox, <laughs> here I got it, Fox Valley Ice Arena in Geneva, Illinois, where the Chicago Steel play at. And yes, uh, I could count how many... What does that look like? It looks like Larson Ice Arena or something that you would see. I've seen high school uh, arenas in Minnesota look better than this. Uh, I could count how many rows there are. There's like 10 rows, you know, in this whole damn thing. And this is bad. And, I mean, you know that compared to Sioux Falls. I mean, they probably practice in something better than that. Stampede do. Oh, look at all the fans there. Look at all the fans in these pictures. Oh, that's and bad. You can like on the Sky Force. Have you been in the, you been in the Pentagon? You've seen it. Like, it. It's a very nice facility, Sioux Falls Pentagon. And like, they play in that arena. They get some people there for the Sky Force. Then you look at some of these other D-League teams like the Lakers or the Spurs, and they're playing their, like, like they're literally, literally playing their practice arena. Their practice gym. Hey. Like a scrimmage, like a summer league game. But it is a big difference compared to a place here in Sioux Falls. They have no big professionals. Well, well, yeah. They have a lot of money. My, my, people care about them. Compared to, you know, like, L.A. and Chicago, obviously, they don't give two shits right. about whatever my team may have. Well, I don't understand why there's a, a team in the USHL from Chicago. That doesn't make any sense. Like you say, considering that they have the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, they were the they were the Clark Cup champions in 2016-2017. Impress your friends with that one tomorrow. But I see, you know, there, there's something in here like Chelios Pub and Grill. You know, Chris Chelios was a great hockey player for the Black for the Blackhawks and the Detroit Red Wings. So I mean, there there's elements here that you understand. But wow, like that, yeah. And just like looking at the outside, it looks like the Swift Hell Center. Like it's bad. Who did, who did Calgary? Did Calgary play Tampa Bay a few years ago in the finals? Uh, a number of years ago, like probably what are we thinking? Like twenty, like two thousand nine or something like that. Because San Jose to Boston it's probably going to be St. Louis, but San Jose to Boston will be thirty one hundred miles. Woof! For lengthy trips, it was Calgary and Tampa. Uh, I was thinking two thousand nine, but maybe. It was one year, right? Yes, uh, uh, 2004. 2004. 4,460 miles. I can't imagine. Who did Vancouver play? They played... The Rangers, I think. Yeah, the Rangers. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Boston. Vancouver played Boston in 2010. I mean, that's, uh, that's getting there, 2011. Too. So, 4,460 Vancouver... Boston. What was funny about that Stanley Cup final, too, was that's that Boston. That's the biggest 5120. Vancouver to Boston. Okay, wow. I guess, yeah, Vancouver to Boston, 5,100 miles. 
Could, but, uh, it, I'm thinking if you could do Vancouver to like to Miami would be maybe a light a slightly longer, but I don't know. I do remember though what was funny about that Canucks uh, uh, Bruins series was the fact that Vancouver covered up the bot like that Boston's Pizza is big up in Canada, yeah. and they covered up because they you know they they have ads all around the rink. Well. Boston's is one of them. They they covered that up. They said, nope, we can't do it here. So that that was very funny. Uh, well, yeah, Vancouver to Miami would be the biggest. 5,500? 5, yeah. Sounds about right. Yep. Hopefully that never happens. Hopefully that never, ever happens. I hope it does. I hope it does. <laughs> uh, anything? Oh, Preakness, uh, Bot Express or Boat Express ran without as a uh, jockey. That's funny. Um. Oh, we've we cared about that. Nobody cared about that thing no. at all. Uh, Brooks Kepka won his fourth major, yeah. uh, in two years. Congrats to him. He ran away with it and came back to the pack a little bit. Tiger yeah. Woods didn't even make the cut. Uh, Brooks Kepka is very good. Um, he does not have the personality though to carry golf. Again, this is one of those things where uh, golf has a lot of good players, a lot of great players, but none of them are stars. Except for maybe Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy, but Brooks Kepka, Brooks Kepka does not turn the needle. And I I've not looked at the ratings yet. I'll pull them up here, uh, but I'm willing to bet they weren't very good. He said what I was going to say as we continue to say this. Like he is by far the best golfer going. Yes. In four majors in just over a year. That's awfully impressive. But yeah, nobody cares about Brooks Kepka. The good thing about him is he can make, you know, tens of millions of dollars winning these majors. Uh, you can walk anywhere in the country, in, in any mall, in any restaurant, nobody would ever goddamn clue who he was. Well, he says golf is boring. He says I'm, uh That's what he says or what? Yeah, that's what he says. Um, well, yeah, it is. He ain't fucking wrong. I mean, Tiger Woods didn't do it. Um, and, yeah, that was almost a, a huge collapse. I didn't watch anything until, like, the last five holes. I was like, oh, Rich, this is in doubt now. I didn't even watch I saw it. You watch anything? I didn't watch anything. You know, we were traveling a little bit, so that that factored into it. But I was like, okay, he's up by seven strokes. I heard, oh, it's one stroke now, and I think we flipped it on for like a minute, and then got flipped to something else. Um, but yeah, like, I I didn't watch. I didn't really care. Like, that's there were like six, seven guys under par. It was a tough course on the weekend. I guess weekend yeah. we picked up, and one guy said that. Like, what is he, like 75, 76 on the weekend? He wasn't very good or whatever he shot. Like, oh, that's terrible. That showed that, you know, the, the people chasing him just wasn't very good. Like, okay, well, I look at it as he was so dominant the first two days, he could afford to be five over on the weekend or whatever the hell he was. Like, he got off to such a great start, like the best start ever, that he could afford to play terrible for two straight days and still win by two three shots 3.9 overnight rating uh nielsen rating for the final round on sunday uh 36 percent lower than last year's final round when tiger was in contention in contention and finished second now granted this is a the first year that the pga championship has switched like where they play it normally it's in august this year they've moved it to may which is a smart thing to do so i don't know if that factors into it at all preakness by the way 4.3 rating the lowest in preakness history because no one cares because the, none of the horses were racing that anyone cares about so or that a chance to stop the triple crown. 
Buck Ra- Bucks Raptors game get a very bad rating, like a lowest in twelve years. The, the draft lottery did very well. Well, because of all the hype, because. And I wonder why. Because everyone, a you have the Knicks and the Lakers. The Knicks and the Lakers are vying for number one. That's that's certainly a factor. But yes, it's Zion. Like that's that's all you have to say. I think it. I think it even outgrew like the top Carolina Duke team. They were very similar. So in Carolina Duke, that's the biggest college basketball game every year. This was the thirty minutes, one hour, whatever it was. It was four or some million. I was on par with that, so I was awfully impressed. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, anything else that you'd like to get to before we say so long? Mason Miller played two games. First one, she did score. Second one, she did well. And what, eight points in 14 minutes or so in, uh, in a preseason game, so we'll probably find out tomorrow if she makes the team the first game of this weekend. I think she will. Uh, I think she'll make the team, won't she? I don't. Probably not. No? I would guess okay. no. I hope so. No, first game didn't do anything. The second game, she did something. So. Well, the other Jackrabbit up in the Seattle area didn't make it, even out of minicamp, practically, which is dumb. Uh, Geno Smith over Taryn Christian. Give me a break. So, I hope she does. We'll probably find out tomorrow. Um, hope she does. I think she's good enough, too. Kind of like Kate Walter, the hell that he was good up to. Um, I think with Geno Smith, like those guys. Like, what, what's the point? I don't, I don't know. Well, okay, so Mike so Dom doesn't even get Mike Dom doesn't even get invited to the NBA scouting combine. Like, does that is that? I don't think he's getting drafted. Yeah, no. I don't think he get drafted out. It's not looking real good. Yeah, it, that doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, when you don't get an invite to the combine, I think that's kind of signals it, which really sucks. Uh, but I. I yeah, I, I'm I'm slightly baffled by that. Uh, our friend David Jenkins Jr. has decided where he will go to college. Oh, I for, I was going to bring that up almost right away. Yeah, uh, surprise, surprise! Yeah. Uh, drum roll, please. UNLV, where TJ Otzelberger is the head coach. Oh boy, Crins, who couldn't see that coming? Well, he, he tweeted out the day before we made it out on like Saturday. He tweeted out, making my announcement tomorrow like at 5 o'clock. So I tweeted back at him, I, can I guess what's going to be UNLV? And then I saw the video sometime later. There's a 60-second video of him, whatever the fuck he was doing. He's in a car. Yep. Very, uh, as you saw the video. Yep, at I the did. Very shows, shows him in a uniform and all that. But he's, you know, he's obviously a great scorer. And if he would have stayed, it would have been the player of the year. All the stuff that we've been talking about. and Second most point for school history, likely. Like, you know, like, if he would have gone against Zagger or somebody like that, like, all right. Matt Moody went to Texas Tech. That worked as well as it possibly could have for him. Yep. Like, you know, he's like a 500 team. So we'll see what old pot face coach can do for them. But I mentioned this. You know, I, I mentioned this to uh, to um, a, a friend at work on Monday, and I and we said, or I said, you know, who couldn't see that coming? You know, it's it's funny because it Otzelberg's like you 
honor your commitments to South Dakota State. Don't come here. And maybe he had to say that. But you know deep down, like he's like, yeah, Jenkins, come come to UNLV. Like the, the optics of this don't look good. But if Jenkins wanted to win, Gonzaga or Oregon are the, are the programs to go to. They're the final four contenders. UNLV ain't going to do shit. Like they, they just aren't. Maybe you'll make the NCAA tournament. Maybe you'll win a game. But if you want to be a legitimate Final Four, like make it to the national championship game, Gonzaga or Oregon were those programs, and that to so that to me just spells that he he just wanted to go play with TJ. He doesn't care about winning. That's what it signals to me. Like I, I as I said before, I think he's he's a big fan of himself. He thinks he's hot shit. Which I'm um, like, if you're that I guess he can't be. But, like, I, I never, you know, that coach-player relationship, I I don't know. I guess that's a big deal, I guess. Yeah. He go talks to you and he recruits you and all that shit. Um, like, Dom didn't leave. He could have. He didn't leave. When Nagy left or when he had a chance to leave last year, he didn't leave. A bit for him. Mooney left. I mean, Mooney, like, Dom never was expecting, you know, to win the tournament and be an NBA guy and go to the go to the big tournament again that didn't happen but he had another great year mm-hmm. and set all these school records and he's the best player they've ever had yep and for Mooney it was like well you come back again you're the second best player in the conference you, you're not going to win the thing so may as well go somewhere else so it made, it made more sense for him like for Jenkins it's kind of more like Dom it's like again you want to do what Dom did and all the stuff and the points and the records or you want to go to UNLV and, and we'll see what happens there yeah, well, I don't think they'll be winning much. I know that uh, that Caleb Grill he ended up at Iowa State. Yes, you know, he was the other big recruit. It's the biggest, the greatest recruit ever. I don't think how he's going to do anything there, but he went to Iowa State. So well, no Friedel is coming though, so that's good. So yeah, well, see what happens there. Anything else, my friend? Should be about it, I think. Okay. Well, no show next week. Enjoy the Memorial Day holiday. I'm on. Oh, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on dad duty, so uh, uh, Noah's going to demand more of attention. Kelsey's in D.C. at a conference, so. Really? Well, tell her to punch the one guy in the ball. <laughs> I don't think she'll be in that neck of the woods, but um, I'll. I'll pass well, them. Just, just, go to, just go to any golf course in Florida or by, by DC. He'll be there. I'll, uh, she, you know what? She's going to listen to the podcast here, so uh, she'll get that message. Okay. I did like the she posted about Noah just talking gibberish for a minute. And a half. Yes, I, 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 I saw that you liked it right away, and I was like, My hell bitch. yeah. Let's <laughs> just stackin's kid just going just talking <laughs> about God knows what he's making noises. I, uh, I very much look forward to when this kid can talk. Yes. Oh, yeah. He'll join the podcast for sure. No doubt about that. Good. I'll be very excited. Very good. All right, my friend. Thank you very much. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, and I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. All right. I'll watch the baseball and uh, go, 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 like. Go, go, Twins. Go, Twins. Cheer for go the twins. Minnesota Twins today. There we go. <laughs> Sounds good. Look Thank better. you, friends. Alright, I'll see you next. It's two weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks. Alright. Travis Krenz right. joining us here. Always appreciate his time. Great stuff as always. And yes, uh, if, you, if you're following me on Facebook, you can see the, the, the video of my son uh, jib-jabbering away 
at uh, when he's supposed to be going to bed. Um, yeah, no show next week because he will demand my full attention. We just can't get that out there. Uh, I hope to get Marcus Traxler on to discuss NHL playoffs. That'll be coming up next. If not, we'll just wrap up the podcast with some thoughts on the Stanley Cup final uh, that's coming up ahead here. Or Game 7 of San Jose, St. Louis. Either way, we'll wrap up the podcast. You can find this podcast available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter, at NDStacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Twitter for Travis, the Twitter handle, at Travis Crins. Link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Coming up next, Stanley Cup playoff talk. With or without Marcus Traxler. It'll happen regardless. We hope he, he's, he joins us, though. We'll wrap up this week's edition of Sports Block Podcast. Again, no show next week. We'll wrap up this week's edition here in just a couple of minutes. Sports Block Podcast. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, pleased to be joined by my good friend and uh, resident Barry Melrose here. It is Marcus Traxler from the Mitchell Daily Republic. Marcus, how are you? Good, Zach, and how are you? Good, good. We have the Stanley Cup final set. And it's the final that everyone had at the beginning of the season, or uh, yes, at the beginning of 2019. St. Louis and Boston meeting in the Stanley Cup final. The Bruins easily disposed of the Hurricanes, swept them, and the Blues uh, beat the Sharks four in their series four to two. And really, the turning point in that series, if I can be honest, I think it has to be that goal. That San Jose got in overtime in Game 3. After that, the Blues just really thoroughly outplayed the Sharks in that series. You combine that with some injuries, and the Blues are the rightful team to come out of the West. Yeah, I, I think it was a shame uh, in Game 6 that you know the Sharks weren't at full strength. You're really a, a point where they want to make an effort to save their season, and, and they don't have their big guns mm-hmm. uh, in the lineup. Don't have Carlson, don't have Hurdle, don't have... Uh, you know, go down the list. A lot of their main guys weren't playing. Basically, it was basically Brent Burns and a bunch of guys that even even true hockey fans uh, haven't heard of. So that was tough to see. Um, you know, St. Louis, like you said, after that game three where you had the hand pass, obviously the big controversy with that, a goal that that shouldn't have counted and decided that game. Uh, they they rebounded. You know, won the next three games. I think the way they played in game five uh, really really drove home this series. I mean, just a a pretty much dominant performance start to finish really took the wind out of the sails of that, that game. And then game six, you know, they were up two nothing almost right off the bat. So, um, or at least in the first period. So I, you know, I just think, uh, this is maybe an obvious statement, but I'll say it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the two strongest teams left. You know, you look at how Carolina, they were worn down by the end of that series. I, I think it's fair to say San Jose is in the same boat yep. after, you know, long series, a couple of long series, and, uh, you know, certainly they were a good team, but they caught some breaks, you know, when you look back on their playoff run. So um, at St. Louis, Boston, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to talk about it, but it is, it's an interesting matchup. I'm not sure it's uh, the most captivating one, but um, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Given the teams that were left, though, I think this is the best, uh, or, you know, given the, the markets yeah, and everything. Is, yep. yep. I think the the NHL has to be pleased with the final here, uh, you know, and I know we've seen what the the L.A. Kings win the Stanley Cup when they were an eight seed uh, a few, you know, a number of years ago 
here. It's probably been over a decade, I think. But um, I just thinking of the Blues and where they were at. They were dead last in the NHL in points on January. Be that far back and then be where they are now in the Stanley Cup final is truly remarkable. And I would say if they can beat Boston, I don't know, but if they can, would this not be one of the best um, stories and certainly like one of the most surprising teams to win a championship that we can recall in recent memory? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd have to think they're they're up there. I think they're kind of at an inherent disadvantage in that this is hockey. And, uh, you know, it just probably doesn't get the notoriety of the other sports. But, you know, you think about, um, I'm, think, I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to baseball because it seems like we, we haven't really had a fluke winner in the, in the NFL. You know, maybe a one-off season, but not... You, know, you look at that single season; they were they were deserving. Um, you know, you can kind of go down the list of some different teams with with uh, with the NFL. Maybe Denver recently winning yeah. uh, the Super Bowl would maybe be classified as one of those teams, considering Manning was old and, and some of those other things. Sure. Um, I think of like Arizona Diamondbacks, two thousand one. I mean, obviously had some really talented players, but uh, you look back on that, really no success on either side of that one. You know, Marlins having uh, two titles 97 and 2003 both uh extremely talented teams but those are one-offs you know yep. uh so those are the ones i keep coming back to and I, you know to be honest even thinking more recently i'm having a harder time because we have kind of had repetitive teams we've had uh we've had the giants win a bunch we've had obviously the yankees been involved um you know houston's not a fluke now the um, red sox Red Sox have been legit. Uh, there's one other team I'm thinking of that uh, is not not coming to mind. St. Louis, when they've won it, they've been a legit team. So um, I'm I'm only led to hockey, you know. And, and maybe you would go back to when Carolina won it uh, and beat Edmonton in, in what a weird uh, Stanley Cup final that was. Yep. Um, you know, I'm sure that you, like you said, uh, you know, literally an eighth place team in uh, in the Kings winning it. Um, so there, we've had little spurts of that, um, but this would be this would be considering where they were earlier in the season. It absolutely, would be up there uh, as one of those most surprising, at least in American sports of uh, the major sports. This would be a surprise. You mentioned uh, baseball and you know the Boston Red Sox and certainly and the St. Louis Cardinals. This will be the third time this century. That uh, since the turn of the century, so we're only you know, 19 years in, that St. Louis and Boston will be facing one another for a championship, and it has happened once in all three of the major sports that St. Louis, I guess, used to have. Uh, sorry, Rams fans, uh, but remember the Super Bowl in 2002? That was Tom Brady's first uh, win. A Super Bowl title with the Patriots, and then the Red Sox and Cardinals played a few years back in baseball for the World Series, and now you're going to have St. Louis and Boston go for the Stanley Cup. And yeah, and it, it happened in uh, 2004, 2005 uh, with, with baseball as well. Yes. I think it was 2004, right? So, yep. um, you know, yeah, and then, you know, even this last year, the team that, that uh, the Rams you know, used to be in St. Louis, uh, now in L.A., they just played the Super Bowl Yep. Want to count that too. So yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of familiarity between the two cities. Um, I was uh, I was messaging with a friend of the program, Travis Krins, uh, and we were talking about how there was a billboard in Boston up this week. You know, it's been a hundred days since uh, they've won a title. You know, what then the drought type thing. Uh, 
it must be amazing to have uh, that much gall and gumption uh, and be that you know confident that you're you're going to keep winning. So, um, yeah, yeah, that'd be, that'd be my only reason, honestly, to root for St. Louis in this series because I do think Boston's a better team, but. Uh, that's enough to irk, irk anybody. Can so. we just say a prayer for for the folks in Boston then that they can get through this tragic and difficult time a hundred days in? That is that is uh, they are certainly in my thoughts. Uh, you know, and hopefully well, I mean, that it, they it's can. It's hard to think of uh, communities that have had a uh, more. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, certainly, that's one motivating factor to root for Boston here in the Stanley Cup Final. But in terms of that. I mean, Boston right now, they've been off it. They'll be off for what's seemingly before the... Yeah, the, I think it's like 11 days yeah. uh, is what it's going to end up being because they play on Memorial Day Monday, uh, game one. Yeah, so. I mean, so the layoff is going to be certainly difficult or perhaps a little difficult. Maybe they were a little rusty coming out of the gates early on. Uh, but I think, you know, you look at... How, how Boston is playing right now, how they look, and they just seem clearly to be the much better, much stronger team than St. Louis. But it's very hard to, you know, to not consider St. Louis here, given what they've just gone through in the West and how they're playing right now. But I mean, if I'm gonna go goalies, Tuka Rask against Jordan Bennington, I'm taking Tuka Rask all day. Yeah. Uh, if I'm looking at the depth of the of the rosters, I think I'm going to take uh, Boston and and all the the guys that they have, including you know they went out and got you know Charlie Coyle from the Minnesota Wild in a trade during the season. I just think that Boston is clearly the better team here, but obviously that doesn't always mean that the better team wins. Yeah, I'm completely completely with you. You mentioned the rest thing. We're taping this on on May 21. Um, so we're kind of in the midst of Boston being off and they, they scheduled like a practice game or a scrimmage, uh, today as we're doing this. So, uh, and I saw the joke, you know, weren't the four practice games against Carolina enough, you know, uh, yeah. people having, <laughs> having their crack at Carolina, which I thought was good. Yes. Um, but you know, I, I would completely agree with you, that, uh, you know, better goaltending, uh, better, you know, sort of top six forwards, uh, better defense, all that stuff, uh, sort of favors Boston. The one thing you could say about St. Louis, two things, I guess, is that they are, they're starting to score. We've seen in these last few games uh, where the scoring has not been an issue. You like to see that uh, where, you know, you've got some guys who are, are feeling hot and uh, putting the puck in the net. And the other thing is that I think the one through four lines have asserted themselves a little bit more where it is, you're seeing a little bit of rounds throughout their lineup. I think that's a better sign. Mm-hmm. Going into the Stanley Cup final, but I mean, Rask played really well in that Eastern Conference final, including those last couple games. Really, just stonewalling uh, Carolina on, in their ranks. So um, that was a really good sign. I, you know, we're, we're both kind of alluding to. I think our pick. Um, I do like Boston in this series, and uh, potentially, you know, on the shorter side, I'd say you know five or, or six games, maybe at most. So um, I guess that's where I'm leaning, and. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention to you, because I think you're somebody who would find it interesting, yes. and I don't think this is different, uh, I don't think it's a new setup, but we've got uh, two days off every time they change cities in this uh, this Stanley Cup final Good. setup. So we're looking at 16 days if it does go seven, uh, seven games, which feels like it's really long. Now, I imagine the NBA will basically be the same way, mm-hmm. uh, that they're going to do two nights off every time they change, but... Um, 
this we, we, if it does end up being a long series, it could feel like it's dragging on uh, by the time we get to the end. So, um, you know, that was the one thing that stuck out to me, you know, schedule wise as, as we're going along here. You know, isn't that a good thing, though, that they are taking? Yes, you don't want to really extend the Stanley Cup final out a great deal, but having two days in between with, with the travel and stuff, I think, is gen generally okay. And uh, in this case, fortunately, they don't have to travel cross-country. You know, Boston right. to San Jose would have certainly been uh, a long trek. But I'm okay with with that in there as well. And I think, yeah, the NBA is going to uh, have two days off pretty much between every game, but probably one uh, once the NBA Finals do get set. Um, and I, I would also say that, uh, you know, you're, if you're talking about a... Um, you know, a shorter series. I mean, we could have the NBA be done before right. before the NHL. I mean, given the way the Warriors are, are cruising along, which has happened before. It's, yes, it's kind of rare uh, because the NHL does get a little bit of a head start. Now, I think the setup of starting this on on Memorial Day and giving the Blues, you know, one in six games. It wasn't a seven game series. Uh, giving them, you know, five six days off before the, uh, the final series gets going isn't isn't the worst thing. But this, you know, we're basically looking at a three week window. Uh, well, they're only going to play seven games, and that could that could drag on for sure. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and you know what? I like it when the NBA Finals get done before the Stanley Cup uh, Finals complete. Gives hockey, I guess, a little more uh, solo spotlights. Uh, so that's good. But uh, yeah, time to make our picks here. Uh, picks are brought to you by nobody. We don't have a sponsor for this. It's so the two-man show. The two. Right? Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, we're taking that too. Uh, to where was the first spot here? Um, not Buffalo, uh, South Dakota. That's way too far away to begin. But either way, <laughs> what's we'll, the uh, what's the what's the dumpy little casino on the North Dakota South Dakota? Oh, part listen, there, Dakota yeah. Magic's a great casino there. But a Hankinson would be Hankinson would be the town. If we want to go Hankinson, yes. that's where we'll go. <laughs> Let's just say that's the first stop. All know, right, so. that works for me. Uh, I'm gonna go Bruins in five. They're just so strong right now. I don't think that the long layoff is going to affect them too much. Tuka Rask is uh, is playing out of his mind right now. Too strong. Bruins in five. I completely agree with you. I, I and that's maybe a bad sign. Yeah. Put your money on the Blues uh, in this series. But, well, look at what um, happened to Tampa Bay. When we had yeah, that. Exactly. Um, you know, this feels like Blues in five. A lot of the same things you said. I, I'm going to just say Blues in, or uh, excuse me, Bruins in six. Bruins and six because this feels like a winning in the road arena year for the Stanley Cup. So that's my only reason for for changing that. Feels like a year where the uh, the cups won and the other teams building. So I will go with uh, I will go with Boston in six games. Excellent. Uh, no show next week on Dad Duty. So uh, when we reconvene here in a couple of weeks. We'll see where the Stanley Cup Finals at. Maybe a champion will be crowned. I don't believe so, though. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll see if it's going to be Boston or St. Louis. But Marcus, always appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, enjoy the Stanley Cup Final, and we will chat soon. Sounds good. Take care. Thank you, Marcus Traxler. Kind enough to join us here from the Mitchell Daily Republic. Uh, great stuff as always here. Uh, greatly appreciate his time as always. So yeah, he likes the Bruins in six. I like the Bruins in five. Uh, with all due respect to my my friend from college, Bobby Olson, he's a he's a Saint from the St. Louis area. He's a big Blues fan. He was a big Rams fan. I don't I touchy subject. Not going to talk about that with him. But uh, I've texted him a little bit throughout the, the playoffs. So 
Uh, I know who he's going for, but I think the Bruins are just too strong. So Bruins in five, hoisting the Stanley Cup. That is my prediction. And with that being said, that wraps up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Again, you can find this podcast available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken. Uh, Marcus uh, Marcus Traxler on Twitter. And uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Nathan Stacken as well. And we have a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Again, Travis Krenz is Travis Krenz on Twitter. So definitely follow them. You can follow Marcus for all of the, you know, regarding you know the Mitchell area sports and stuff there's uh something with the NAIA uh with uh internet I guess I, I was going to bring that up to him but forgot so we'll get to that maybe in a couple of weeks but either way uh apparently there's also a tornado warning that went through uh through St. Louis for that so um well good for the blues nonetheless uh, let's see, there's a tornado warning in St. Louis. It doesn't matter. Uh, blues all the way. Either way. Uh, congratulations to them for beating the Sharks. Congratulations to the Bruins, uh, the NBA, the Warriors are in there in the NBA Finals. We'll see who they take on, either Milwaukee or Toronto. We'll get to all that here in a couple weeks. No podcast next week. Enjoy your long Memorial Day weekend. Uh, just won't have one next week. Watching Noah. Can't. The time to do a podcast. Just don't have it. So we will reconvene here in a couple of weeks to talk NBA Finals, talk Stanley Cup Final, baseball, and we'll see what else we could talk about here. Nate the Second saying thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And we will talk to you in two weeks with another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week. Happy Memorial Day, everyone.